Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 37 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I'm your host, Luke Halgerson. You know how we do it. Five topics, unpopular opinion. Let's get right into things. Topic number one, look, it's the NBA offseason. They're about to start in six, seven weeks, starting December 22nd. But with that, they're already making trades. Moves are happening. Free agency is about to begin. So we're going to talk about that first and already some of the moves that have happened to this point. First thing with it, Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns. Look, it's a big trade. He's 35 years old. It's a lot of money. (laughs) They're not giving up too much, though. Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeQuint. Two guys who are irrelevant, Ricky Rubio and Kelly Olenek, and probably some draft compensation. Yeah. Good deal for the Suns. Good deal for the Suns. Definitely upgrade at point guard. I think Aiton's going to get a lot better from this. I think Devin Booker's going to get a lot better from this. But the Suns, as far as turning into true contenders, at this point, they're making the trade for Chris Paul to show Devin Booker that we are trying to get better. We're trying to improve, trying to win a championship because they have not made the playoffs his entire time playing there. And he's up to be a free agent soon. Like, that's what this move is all about, to show that the franchise is about winning, that they can build a winning culture. And I will say, I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan. If you know me, you know this, but I've never really been that big a fan. But everywhere he goes, he wins. Everywhere he goes, he surprises me with how well they do. Frankly, with New Orleans, when they were formerly the Hornets and he played for them, they made the postseason consistently when he played. Then... When he went to the Clippers, you know, I really think they underachieved overall as a team for sure. But he hit some big shots. You know, that shot against the Spurs, they've won three playoff series. They didn't do great, but, you know, he he did well there. Lob City did its thing. And then he gets shipped off to Houston. They make the Western Conference Finals up 3-2 against the defending champion Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. Yeah, and they were all right there. Chris Paul got hurt, and Golden State ended up winning the championship. And then, after some time, fizzled out with the Rockets, goes to the Thunder, who everyone, myself included, didn't think they were going to make the playoffs or compete for a playoff spot at all this year. Sure enough, <laughs> they got a first-round matchup against the Rockets and go seven games against his former team who traded for another all-star in Westbrook for him. And he did roughly the same, one game away from advancing. Chris Paul has won everywhere he's gone. He improves his team. This is a good trade for the Suns, but competing in this Western Conference, oh boy. (laughs) My goodness. Look at the standings. Who are they actually better than, though, even with this trade? Not better than the Lakers. Not better than the Nuggets, not better than the Clippers, not better than the Jazz, not better than the Mavericks, not better than the Trailblazers, not better than the Warriors. That's seven teams right there. Also, Memphis going to be right there. Spurs going to be right there. Pelicans should progress, bringing in new coach, new GM, second year with Zion and company. You know, we'll see what they do with Ingram. Teams are going to get better. The Suns did improve, but really their ceiling... I guess same thing with the Thunder. Get the five seed and maybe you can win a playoff series depending on the matchup. But 
I think like five is their ceiling with what Chris Paul did with the Thunder this year. There are just so many good teams in the West. So many good teams, especially with Golden State coming back. With whatever they are going to do, they're going to be dangerous next year, fully healthy. A lot of these teams are going to get better, and Sun's got a uphill battle to go. But getting Chris Paul with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, they got better. They got better today. The team that trades for the best player in trades usually ends up winning that pick or that trade overall. Like that, That's usually how it goes. If you look at every trade pretty much that has happened, if you trade for the star compared to giving up a couple role players, it pays dividends for your team getting said star. Every single time. It helps your team immensely. So, Suns got better, but we'll see how they do overall when the season starts December 22nd. But another trade that happened, Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers for Danny Green in the 28th pick, but apparently the Thunder are trying to move Danny Green. Apparently, he's not going to even land in OKC. They're trying to find a third team to get involved with this trade, but Schroeder, who I thought should have been six-man of the year, is now going to the defending champion Lakers with LeBron, with AD. Now, it needs to be said, AD did opt out. He is now a free agent, opt out of that player option. We will see what he decides to do. I would imagine he is going to resign since they just won the championship and they just added another really solid player in Schroeder. I think he should have won sixth man of the year over Montrez Harrell. He was a beast last year. One of the big reasons OKC was where they were at. Yeah, Chris Paul was good, but with Schroeder out there as well, they were nasty. That was a good team. And adding him to the Lakers, oh boy. Oh boy. But that's with the assumption that now Rondo's going to be gone. That's why the Lakers made this move, because Rondo now has a market. LeBron rejuvenated guys who we thought were all washed. <laughs> he made Dwight Howard valuable. He <laughs> Rondo valuable, KCP valuable. Like that's LeBron rejuvenated these guys' career to have more options to continue playing. Like everyone thought Rondo was injury prone. Everyone wrote off Dwight Howard. Like when it, pretty much when he got to the Wizards, <laughs> that's when I wrote him off. It was like he had that shit and stint and Charlotte, he, Dwight has bounced around the league more than the ball. But he found a home in L.A., won a championship. Now he's got options. Now he can keep playing. He can re-sign with the Lakers. Or I'm sure other teams are vying for his talents to be a part of their organization. So, but good trade by the Lakers, getting Schroeder. I love the trade. So those have been really the two big trades that have happened so far. But some deals that have gone down... Um, DeMar DeRozan, he's opted in, so he will be playing for the Spurs next year unless they trade him. He's getting that $27.7 million of the Benjamins. Lot of money. Lot of money. So he resigns. Who else we got here? That's really all the big ones with Anthony Davis opting out. Those have been the big moves, but some of the rumors have been going off the rails since I have been away. Russell Westbrook apparently requested a trade 
from the Rockets. Apparently, James Harden, well, apparently the whole Rockets as an organization just hated playing with each other and did not like how they were used. Everyone should go read the athletic article about the tension in this locker room because it is, <laughs> apparently no one was utilized properly. Oh, P.J. Tucker didn't like how the Rockets utilized him. Austin Rivers came out, apparently said the same thing. Eric Gordon said the same thing. And now they bring in a new coach. Daryl Morey's gone. Like, Rockets are completely changing. And now apparently Westbrook and Harden don't believe in what, where the organization is headed. So apparently Westbrook has requested a trade. And I've heard rumors out there that supposedly James Harden is requesting a trade as well. Both players are not happy with where the organization is going. And it's like... What do you expect from getting a coach fired and them firing the general manager then? This is on YouTube. The future is on James Harden and Russell Westbrook when it comes to the Rockets. You two are the future. If you stay, they will try to build around you. That's what they should do. But if these guys are asking for a trade, specifically we'll start with Harden. If the Rockets were to trade James Harden, they need to be smart about this. He's a three-time scoring champ. He's won an MVP. Yes, he comes up short in the playoffs, but he makes your team better. And he is a phenomenal scorer of the basketball. If you are going to trade for him, Rockets, whoever the GM now, it's his first year. If you're going to trade a top six player in the league, you have to get top 10 talent at least back. You have to bring talent back. Don't, this isn't role players. You can't be giving up Jeremy Lamb now and, like, a second-round pick and another guy for James Harden. This isn't the Thunder days. James Harden is a prolific top-tier basketball player. You need to be trading top-tier talent back for him. If the Rockets butcher that, like, so the rumor is he might go to the Nets. Reuniting with Kevin Durant is sitting well with him. That's the supposed rumor that he would want to go there. Hmm. First of all, if you're the Nets, of course you would try to do it if you can just trade Levert and Dinwiddie. But if you're the Rockets, don't do that. Absolutely do not do that. No. Don't do it. You need to trade top-tier talent. Role players are not going to cut it if you really want to compete for championships. If they're just going full rebuild, okay. More power to them then. If that's the route the Rockets are going, then yeah. Ship them off. Start from scratch. Start completely over with the new GM, new coach. Just go for draft picks. And if that's how they're going to play it, that's how they're going to play it. But if they want to compete for titles, you keep James Harden and try to trade Russell Westbrook for what you could possibly get for him if it's not fitting. But apparently Westbrook doesn't have too much of a market is the problem here. He's got a big contract. <laughs> over the next three years, this man will be paid $132 million. <sighs> I couldn't even fathom what that would look like just sitting in a room, just all the money just sitting right there. I couldn't even fathom that amount in my head of what exactly it would look like. But hmm, I, I couldn't imagine that the Rockets would trade a top six player and then another, I would say Westbrook's like top 15, top 20. Whatever you put Russell Westbrook at, you got to get at least something decent back for both of them if you're even going to consider trading, especially Harden. So that's why another rumor, he might go to the 76ers where Daryl Morey is now. You know, Daryl Morey believes James Harden's one of the 
is the most prolific scorer ever, but he's not. Anyways, Daryl Morey believes in him trying to make a trade for him. If you're the Rockets, you trade with the 76ers. You get Ben Simmons. Like, that's top-tier talent for another superstar player. And, and if you're going to go that route, then, yeah, you surround him with shooters. I think that would make the Rockets better if that's the route they go and want to get rid of Harden. It would definitely be bringing in Simmons. Absolutely do not trade with the Nets. I, I don't know who the Rockets GM, but if he's listening right now, which I'm sure he is, don't, <laughs> don't trade Harden unless you can get Simmons. Do not trade with the Nets. You'll be getting fleeced if you take Dimwitty and Levert and Allen. Like if that's the route you're gonna go, oh, you're not. You don't want to compete for. You don't want to compete for championships. I think James Harden can be a championship contender with the right pieces around him. He showed that with Chris Paul. They made it to the Western Conference Finals. He's that close. They just he just needs the right other superstar to play alongside him. It could have been Chris Paul if he didn't get hurt as often as he did. It's definitely not going to be Westbrook with how Westbrook plays. But at some point, maybe he will find the right superstar, or maybe he won't. Because I don't know if he'll ever win a championship. Anyway, that's a topic for another day, but a lot, a lot of rumors just going on in the uh, world of basketball. And that's why the offseason is such a great thing when it comes to the NBA. So, But moving on, topic number two. NFL Week 10. Week 10 just cruising in this season. <laughs> Only less than two months, and we're already at the end of the season. It is flying by. It's Monday night here, November 16th, 2020. Bears play the Vikings. I don't trust my Bears at all in the game, but let's go over the scores that did happen already at this point, and then we'll get to the Bears game and who I think is going to win tonight. Uh, first game we'll talk about talk about that Sunday night football game yesterday. How about Cam Cam, huh? You know, he's a just <laughs> game manager is what this Patriots team is going to do. They're going to run the ball. They're going to not have Cam hold on to the ball too fast. That's what you got to do when you don't have athletes on the outside at wide receiver, when you don't have that great of skilled positions on the outside. That's what you do. Dink and dunk. Cam can get it there. He can easily throw five yard out in and out every time. Every time. That's money for Cam. He looked great. Baltimore, though, they've been struggling. I don't want to say teams have figured out Lamar because I still think he's a supreme talent. But they've struggled a little bit this season. Six and three? You know, they did beat Indianapolis last week, but did lose to the Steelers. They, they've lost to the best teams, except this New England loss is kind of a big loss. But New England isn't terrible. New England isn't terrible with possibly expanded playoffs if any games get canceled. Or they might even be looking that way in the NFL to expand the playoffs. So if you're the Patriots, why not go for it? They're figuring it out. You know, they've won two in a row. I like Again, Bears should have signed Cam. Oh, I can't stand it how the Bears just – he was just sitting out there, the former MVP. No, let's go get Nick Foles. Oh, I could go on and on, but – other games that went on that were interesting, definitely <laughs> those Bucks, baby. My Super Bowl pick, the Bucks, after putting a stinker, getting absolutely demolished <laughs> by the Saints on Sunday Night Football last week. They bounced back big time, scored the most points they have this season. Brady was money. They beat the Panthers. Yeah, no McCaffrey, but 
go Bucks. Brady looking fantastic. 341 yards, three touchdowns. He was incredible. And then Rondell Jones the second. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> that big touchdown run. He had 192 yards. Like they don't even need Fournette. Fournette's not even the best back on the team. Godwin had 92 yards on six catches. Antonio Brown, a little bit of an impact, 69 yards. I mean, Brady found four guys for over 50 yards. Godwin, Evan Brown, Gronkowski. Gronk caught a touchdown. Brady caught a touchdown. Evans caught another one, his eighth for the year. Brady ran in for one. It's just this Bucks team can be dangerous. They just The reason they got whooped by this Saints team is <laughs> they didn't run the ball. They ran the ball five times. Who runs the ball five times in a football game? I might do that in video games, but I'm at least making it happen. I'm at least completing the passes. The, p- <laughs> the Bucks couldn't do anything against the Saints. It was atrocious. They, they need to establish the run game. That's what they did. So then they can bomb it on teams in the next going. This is what this team can do with Brady, with all these weapons. They're dangerous. Absolutely dangerous. That's why they're the Super Bowl pick. This, they showed with this game that they can score like a Super Bowl championship team. They get the recipe to get themselves all the way to the big game, but it's going to be tough in the NFC. And when they get, if they get to the Super Bowl, I just would love to see them host the Super Bowl in Tampa, you know? Home, home field advantage much? We'll see, but not really with COVID. Not with only having quarter capacity. That's what they're doing. They're not going to have a lot of fans. But uh, anyways, moving on, Bucks kicked ass. So what was some other big games that happened? Huh? That Cardinals-Bills catch. DeAndre Hopkins, best wide receiver in the game. I mean, he caught the ball off three guys. Kyler Murray just threw it up there, just like Hopkins down there. Yep, unleash, let it fly. Just bomb it out there. That, that was the best game. Absolutely. Hail Mary back and forth. I like the Bills. You know, I slept on them, said I don't believe in them. I do like them as a team, but the Cardinals are also dangerous. you got to watch out for these Cardinals. <laughs> they are good. This offense is potent. This defense could step up a little bit, but my goodness, this Cardinals team is dangerous, dangerous. Ooh, but what a catch Catch of the year by far At this point that's been the best play thus far Oh my goodness It was incredible And it's because Murray is so elusive back there I, they, <laughs> Bill should have had a tackle on him He's just so elusive, so small Can just get it, the ball out of the pocket so quick He can get out of jam so quickly With how fast he is With his quicks He's got speed for days. It is a dangerous combination. They're top of the division right now. Cardinals are in first place in the best division in football. <laughs> and that's what I'm not surprised. There's always a worst to first team every year in the NFL. And this year, it might be the Cardinals. Uh, another big game. At this point, I know I've been preaching all year about Russ being MVP. Those Seahawks, though, went down again. So they lost to the Rams. Rams looking solid, though. 
They're doing their thing a little bit. Six and three. So there's a three-way tie, but as of right now, the Cardinals have the tiebreaker. But Wilson, what are you doing, my guy? He's thrown two, uh, two more interceptions. After raking, he was starting the year off incredible. Already has 10 interceptions, 28 touchdowns. In his last few games, it's it has been rough. Last few games, it's been rough. He's been on my fantasy team. I, they've lost two straight. Lost to the Bills. They got spanked. Just lost to the Rams. Lost three of their last four. It's a tough sledding right now. I mean, they have the one of the worst defenses of all time. According to my Seahawks insider, they have the worst defense ever, statistically. The worst defense ever. <laughs> this team is atrocious on the defensive end. They can't stop a nosebleed. I'm, they can't do anything on that side of the ball. And Wilson's getting beat up. His offensive line is not great. He's struggled. Another red zone interception. Mm, mm, mm. They got to figure it out. They got to figure it out because they are losing pace right now through week 10. Six and three, though, it's close. Again, best division in football. I expect all three of these teams to make the playoffs. They've been mm, both team, all three, just that top of that division. Again, best division in football, NFC West. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, that was really all. Those are really all the big games. I guess another big update, though. Drew Brees out multiple weeks. <laughs> He's got, oh, my goodness, just in, how? <laughs> Has fractured ribs collapsed long? Oh, he got demolished out there. Jameis time. Jameis time for the Saints. Saints ended up beating the 49ers. 49ers have been beat up, but oh, Drew Brees out. It's time for Winston. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater showed he can be a franchise quarterback. Panthers took a chance, signed him to a big contract after going 6-0 and with the Saints. Jameis Winston, this is your opportunity. This is your chance. If you want to be a starting quarterback in the league, again, this is your opportunity to prove it right now, starting here. It's your chance, famous Jameis. 7-2, plus 58-point differential, Top of that division, you got the tiebreaker over the Bucks. You beat them twice, so at this point, you just got to have the same record as them. You play the Falcons, you play the Broncos, you play the Eagles, and then in uh, December 20th, you got the Chiefs. Oh, this is a big time for famous Jameis to really capitalize off some horrendous defenses. The Falcons, <laughs> Broncos, Falcons. Oh, this team is going to feast. And then the, they play the Falcons twice, Broncos, and the Eagles. Oh, my goodness. It, Jameis, if now is ever your time, at this point, Drew Brees hopefully will be back for the playoffs, but this is your opportunity. <laughs> you can get her done, Jameis. Do the damn thing. Make it happen. Prove the haters wrong. It's your time to shine, too. It's your time to shine. I, it'll I'm excited to see if he can do it. We will see how that offense, obviously they're going to run through Kamara, but eventually they're going to have to let Jameis throw it, and we will see what this man is capable of and if he can become a future starting quarterback like he was with the Bucks. And now for the game tonight, Minnesota Vikings against my Chicago Bears. 
Monday Night Football. Tune in. It's just getting kicked off as I'm recording the episode right now. But Bears, Bears, Bears. My goodness. Lost three in a row. Lost to the Rams, Saints, Titans. Oh, boy. National television game. Gosh, you got to... You got to do something. This offense has just been dreadful. Uh, the O-line is just beat up across the board. Uh, getting the center back tonight. Allen Robinson activated too. It's, oh boy, this the, the offense has just looked dreadful. Fultz, it, it looks like a high school offense. It just isn't doing anything. Montgomery can't get anything going at the line of scrimmage. Foles just... He's just, he's Foles. He's Nick Foles. I, I, I don't know what else there is to say about him. That, that's what he is. He's Nick Foles. That, like, just not confident at all. Very concerned tonight because, look, this Vikings team, I, I don't know. They, they're a little sneaky. That started the year losing three straight. As a matter of fact, losing five of six to start the year, but then just came up beating the Packers, now beat the Lions, coming up against the Bears, another divisional foe. Sweep the division, get back on track. Oh, man. Dalvin Cook is an absolute monster. Kirk Cousins starting to figure it out a little bit. You know, still very shaky. He's not great. Still Kirk Cousins, but he is better than Nick Foles. I will say that. Dalvin Cook... Has been a monster the past couple of games. Matter of fact, the entire season, he's feasting out there. 858 yards. Him and Derrick Henry are the two best running backs in the game right now. He's been a monster. He has been a monster the entire season for this team. They've needed him because they started off terribly. Uh, They were awful. And he already has 12 touchdowns. Already doing his thing. Only one fumble. He's been great. He's been great, but they've needed every bit. Way more dynamic than David Montgomery. Uh, the, the Bears' defense is better, but this offense has just looked dreadful. And uh, Nagy is 3-0 and against the Vikings, but wow. I, I got to go against my Bears. I just I haven't seen it the past three weeks. It's been painful. It has been painful to watch. They look dreadful against the Titans. Oh, it was just utter garbage against the Titans. Just bad. Just bad. And then against the Saints, it was close, but I knew they weren't going to get it done against the Rams. Like they said before, with this team, they don't beat the good teams. They really don't. And looking at it right now... Foles already threw an interception. And I, I know it's not fair to call the game on if the game has already started, but the Vikings were going to beat the Bears tonight. I just don't believe in this offense at all. And the problem is you can't, we don't even have another option because you're not going to Trubisky. You're not going back to Trubisky. <laughs> it's, just, it's Fultz's show, but it is a awful show. It's just a terrible just dreadful show. Like, it's it's bad. It has been bad. He only has ten touchdowns. Wow. <sighs> the li- the life of a Bears fan. Just people. Yeah. I I expect disappointment every year from the Bears, but it it has been a tough one this year. It has been a tough one this year after getting all this hype and then just mm, not living up to it at all. But. 
I am not surprised. And that's the rundown for the NFL. Topic number three. Let's go over that AP Top 25. Break down a little college football scores just real quick because you know First of all, we know who the number one team is. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Alabama, but nah, nah. It's all about the number two team in the country that is undefeated. That would be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. 8-0, most wins in the country right now, tied with BYU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notre Dame had that big win against Clemson, came up big this weekend against Boston College. The offense looked phenomenal. Ian Book doing his thing. This Notre Dame team's looking great. They got North Carolina next. We will see. At the, I believe Notre Dame can make the college football playoff. I truly believe that they can do it. And frankly, I think they got a great opportunity because they are going to get all of their games in, hopefully. As long as there are no more breakouts, they are going to have the most wins. Because Ohio State at this point, with all the games that are getting canceled in college football, especially in the Big Ten, SEC, Ohio State's going to have like five games, six games under their belt if all these games keep getting canceled. They gave themselves no wiggle room to be able to add games. They're going to go right in. They might have like six wins, seven wins if they're lucky. They better hope no more games get canceled. Cause, but they should make the college football playoff as well. I think as of right now, the top four teams that are there should be there right now. Those are the teams that belong. At this point, I would really love it if they just made it a, like, come on, all these games are getting canceled. Just give these teams a chance. You haven't had a real opportunity to evaluate them. Chaos has already consumed 2020 and going into 2021. We might as well make it utter chaos in college football and let the top eight in. Give us eight teams. As of right now, that would be Alabama, the one, Notre Dame, the two, Ohio State, the three, Clemson, the four, Texas A&M, the five, Florida, the six, seven, Cincinnati, eight, BYU. There's your college football playoff right there. I know there's still weeks to go. Definitely going to be some changes, some teams that could sneak in there. Maybe another Big Ten team. Indiana, undefeated. Wisconsin, demolish Michigan, just an atrocious Michigan team. They just don't even want to play at this point. A couple of other rankings that are going on. Oregon, they're number 11. Miami, uh, scraped by, <laughs> narrowly won, but they are 7-1. and one. They move back to 12. Georgia, 13. 14, Oklahoma State. 15, Marshall and Coastal Carolina. Number 7, Iowa State, 18, Oklahoma, Northwestern is 19, USC is 20, 21, Liberty, <laughs> Liberty University, my goodness, undefeated, 8-0, oh, there's something in the water there, because they got good sports programs all around there at Liberty, uh, they put out a good basketball team, they made the, they make the college basketball tournament a decent amount out of the A-Sun. If I do say so myself, they got some pretty good talent there. Number 22, Texas, the Longhorns, 23, Auburn, 24, Louisiana, 25, Tulsa. At this point, though, really the only teams that I think could sneak up, I think at this point, the best teams are at the top right now. 
the four best teams in college football right now and who should play in the college football playoff is Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. That's how it should break down. Now, I think the order will go different if Clemson and Notre Dame meet each other in the ACC championship, depending on who wins that game. Notre Dame might drop to the four. Clemson moves up to the two. If Alabama, even if Alabama were to lose to Texas A&M, <laughs> if, the top, if that is their one loss, I would imagine that Alabama would make the college football playoff still. Two SEC teams right there sitting just outside. And Alabama's got a cream puff schedule all the way to the conference championship. They got LSU. That was postponed. And then oh, they got Kentucky. Oh, boy. And then they got Auburn. And then they got Arkansas. They should be undefeated going into that game. We will see who they play, though. It's most likely going to be Florida. You know, Trask is going off. He's breaking SEC records. Quarterback from Florida doing his thing. They're 5-1. and one. I mean, my goodness. This kid is putting up video game numbers. It's absolutely disgusting what he is doing right now. <laughs> oh, 28 touchdowns, three interceptions. Oh, he's been incredible. It can't be stopped. 28 touchdowns through six games. Oh, my. Goodness, can't, can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. That's what he's saying right now. Wow, he's been incredible. That's really it. All right, moving on. Topic number four. Little March Madness update. So college basketball is right around the corner. I, it, this is the time. This is the time of year college basketball is supposed to be starting. <laughs> It, the time is here. The time is now. Wednesday, the 25th. That's right. Wednesday, the 25th of November. College basketball. And they plan on playing. They just recently came out with the college, fo college basketball rankings. We'll just go down that real quick. First of all, I'm going to say this right now. I couldn't tell you anyone who's playing for any particular school right now in college basketball. I don't know nothing about the recruits or anything like that. I just am a fan of basketball and love all levels of basketball. And we'll learn who each player is at some point if they deserve the notoriety. I'll watch and then give praise to whoever I see succeeding college basketball. But I have no idea who is going to be good this year and who is not. So we're strictly going right here. Giving you the rankings. Gonzaga's number one. Baylor's number two. Number three, Villanova. Number four, Virginia. Number five, Iowa. Number six, Kansas. Seven, Wisconsin. Eight, Illinois. Nine, Duke. Ten, Kentucky. Eleven, Creighton. Twelve, Tennessee. Thirteen, Michigan State. Fourteen, Texas Tech. Fifteen, West Virginia. Sixteen, North Carolina. Seventeen, Houston. 18, Arizona State, 19, Texas, 20, Oregon, 21, Florida State, 22, UCLA, 23, Ohio State, 24, Rutgers, 25, Michigan. There's your top 25 for college basketball. Just a quick little rundown right there. But what I really want to talk about is how they're going to handle this tournament. First of all, college basketball cannot go another year with not playing a college basketball tournament. Uh, they make billions of dollars because of the March Madness tournament. 
with the TV rights and deals that they make contracts with with these companies for for advertising dollars. Oh my goodness, they are cleaning up. It funds and runs the NCAA and these institutions to have college athletics. It is a necessity for these college athletic departments to survive to have March Madness and a college basketball tournament. You can ask any coach. Krzyzewski will tell you they need to have a tournament. Calipari will tell you they need to have a tournament. Rick Pitino will tell you they need to have a tournament. The tournament is a necessity for college sports altogether if they want it to go. The NCAA doesn't make money off college football. Not like you would think. Not like you would think. They make all of their money from basketball, from the March Madness tournament. It's how a lot of their teams and conferences, it's how they fund everything. It's how it runs. So they need to have it happen. And what they plan on doing is having it at one site. That's right. No multiple cities. We're just going to play in one place. One place. And that might be Indiana. Taking it back to where basketball originated. That's right. That's what they plan on doing. Having all the games, all 67 games, be played in one location. Hoo-wee. That's housing a lot of people, but it can definitely be done. And this is big. This is what it's coming to. At this point, they need to consolidate, make a bubble. The NBA showed that it can be affected. It can work. This is what, this is unprecedented times call for unprecedented decisions. This is what you have to do when you're dealing with the pandemic, but need your business to survive. You have to make it happen. And I think they're going to. They got enough business minds out there to make this happen, make it work. It needs to happen for college athletics altogether. So they plan on having a one location in Indiana, Indianapolis. That's where it's going to go down. That's where they're going to make it happen. <laughs> oh, man. And it's a shame because March Madness, when you sometimes it's supposed to be, I remember going, grew up in Boise, Idaho, remember getting to watch Marquette. Playing the tournament. Oh, college basketball comes to your town at some point. It's fantastic. Tournament games are so fun to go to. They're incredible experiences. Absolutely love how college basketball is able to do that. And having it at a single site is disappointing. It, it just really is. But at this point, I understand. I understand. You, you can't take any chances with the travel at this point with the coronavirus, you can't miss any games. It's, it's, that's what we got to do. But at this point, they need to have the tournament. They need to make it happen. But Rick Pitino is calling for it should be pushed back, talking about it should be the May madness because of this pandemic right now. This thing has not calmed down. As a matter of fact, this coronavirus pandemic has picked up. Hope everyone is staying safe out there and doing their best to stay healthy and not making dumb decisions to get yourself the coronavirus, but that's a top, another topic. But with this March Madness, they need to make it happen. I agree with Patino. Maybe they do need to push this back, especially if they plan on traveling. It's good luck, college basketball. College football has been struggling. They've had to postpone a lot of games. I imagine college basketball is going to go through the exact same up and downs. It's it's the nature of the beast right now. It's a shame, but uh, at this point, 
They're going to consolidate the March Madness tournament, and they need to do it. They got to make it happen. NBA showed it can be successful. So smart decision at this point. It's just going to look different, but not really, because I'll still get to enjoy it from the comfort of my couch on television. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Can't wait. November 25th, mark your calendars. College basketball going live. Topic number five. Let's bounce back to the NBA, where we still got some key dates to discuss. Look, like I said at the start of the episode, the NBA season begins December 22nd of 2020. Uh, just comes up quick on them. But some major events have yet to occur in the NBA offseason. The first one. On Wednesday night, November 18th, the NBA draft will happen. 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. We're going to give a breakdown next episode on what I think the draft will be. We'll just go over the top 10 picks next episode. So stay tuned for that. That will come out before the NBA draft. Another big day Friday, November 20th. Free agent negotiation begins at 6 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday, November 22nd, players can sign contracts with teams beginning at 12.01 p.m. Eastern Time. And on Tuesday, December 22nd, like I said, opening night. Still have yet to get a schedule. I imagine that will be coming out very soon. Have a little bit on how it's going to break down, though, and what the tentative schedule to this point. Haven't had any matchups declared yet, but these are the dates that they have in mind, December 22nd, like I said, opening night, all-star break, March 5th through the 10th, but no all-star game itself. Mm. I guess they don't want people congregating like that, taking any chances. Mm. It's too bad. Love the all-star game. The last one was incredible. It was so long ago, but it was so good. How they had it to a certain points amount in the fourth quarter. Oh, it took the energy up big time for the game. It was fantastic. They were playing for money for their charities. Uh, it was an exciting game down to the wire. Fantastic. And now we don't get it. But anyway, another key date, May 16th. That's when the regular season is going to end. On May 17th through the 21st, there could a play-in tournament for the 7th to 10 seeds. May 22nd, first round playoffs, June 7th, conference semifinals, June 22nd, conference finals, July 8th through the 22nd, NBA finals. They want to get the season in before the Olympics start, give players an opportunity to compete at the Olympics, but that is the tentative schedule for the NBA in the upcoming season. Look, nothing is definitive. Anything can change at any given moment. The NBA is still figuring it out, but they got opening night declared free agency. It has already begun. Trades have already happened. More moves are going to develop. It's going to be a thrilling NBA offseason and season to begin with. I am ecstatic for it and cannot wait for this upcoming season because it is going to be incredible. Every conference is getting better. So many talented teams out there. I think there are five or six teams that have a real chance to win the NBA championship. A lot of parity in this league. I've spoken on it before. The NBA has never been better. 
oh, and it's only going to keep getting better with these stacked teams in this league and who is coming back healthy and the to- already top-tier teams. More trades are going to happen. Free agents. Ah, uh, the su- Pay attention. Your phones are going to be buzzing off the hook if you get notifications like I do. So stay tuned. NBA news, more to come. And now for my unpopular opinion. I spoke on them for about a second already and mentioned how Michigan is a terrible program, football program. They're just a terrible team right now. But this needs to be said about these Michigan Wolverines when it comes to college football. They are the most overrated program in college football history. That's right. I said it. Look, first, and this isn't just recency bias with how bad they have been just this year. No. First of all, Harbaugh has underachieved there his entire tenure to this point. Hasn't won any big games against Ohio State. Rarely wins any big games against any of the rivals at Michigan. He's underperformed. It's They just are terrible this year. And I am going to egg it on them because they are so bad this year. And look, okay, we'll say a couple good things about them. Well, we'll start with that. They have the most wins of any program in college football history. Needless to say, they have 963 wins. That's a lot of wins. Pretty good. It's not too shabby. With a win percentage of 729. Best win percentage in college football history tied with Ohio State. Not too bad. Not too bad. Ohio State's in second. They have 924 wins. Uh, Alabama's right behind them, 916. Texas tied with Alabama. 916. Yale, 909. Notre Dame, right there, 908 with Oklahoma at 908 as well. But uh, look, they might have the most wins, but that doesn't say much at all when you've been around for what, 115 years? (laughs) They have been around since both, before both world wars. Think about that for a second right there. Two world wars have happened in the entire time Michigan football has existed. You know, that is still a lot of wins. But how many national championships do they have? One. One of all the elite programs. Think about it. Think about every other elite program. Every program has championships. Every single program. Every one has won A ton of national championships. Alabama, another team that was right up there. They have 12. They have the most. And they've won, you know, uh, as of recent, you know, 09, 11, 12, 15, 17. You know, always just, you know, it's Alabama, Crimson Tide football. It is what it is. Nick Saban, you know, one of the best college football coaches ever, if not the best. Then before that, they, you know, they won in 92, you know, the Bear Bryant era. You know, it is. It's Alabama football. They're always incredible. Second, Ohio State, their most recent in 14. Um, before that, it was 2002. Uh, they have seven. They're tied with Oklahoma and USC. You know, Oklahoma's most recent national championship was uh, 2000, and then before that, 85, and then 75, and then 74, and then all the way back, 56. And then USC, you know, their last two won back-to-back. 
um, in 03, 04, and then before that, it was in 78 and then 74. And then right there, Notre Dame has six national championships. Their most recent coming, 1988, one of the best college football teams ever, and then in 77, 73. So they have won at least kind of recently. And Notre Dame has been relevant, but that again, we are dogging Michigan here. And then two teams have five, Miami and Nebraska. Um, Texas has four. Clemson has three. Florida has three. Florida State has three. LSU has three. Michigan State has three. Auburn has two. Penn State has two. <laughs> okay. So those and Tennessee has two. So those are all the teams that have multiple. Now I'm going to name the teams that have one. The same amount as Michigan, Pitt, Maryland, Brigham Young, BYU, <laughs> Georgia, Syracuse, Arkansas, Colorado, Georgia Tech, Iowa, Minnesota, Mississippi, UCLA, Washington have the same amount of national championships as the historic brand that is Michigan. Michigan's a basketball school. It is a basketball school through and through. They are not a football school. Not even close. Yeah, you can call it the big house or whatever you want. You don't come up in big games. You've won a lot of meaningless, pointless games that don't matter. <laughs> they, yeah, they won a championship 1997. You know, they've had some good players. I'll give it to them. Tom Brady has come out of that school. He is the best quarterback ever. They disrespected him at Michigan. He had to fight for a starting position. I know it's college football, but come on. It's Tom Brady. I know he wasn't that great six-round pick, but sheesh. He's shown he can be a winner. Just mm. all those wins are meaningless. They have been terrible, and especially uh, just the Harbaugh era. It hasn't been great. It really hasn't. <laughs> it just... And then before that, Brady Hoke. Oh, before that, Rich Rod. Huh? They haven't had a good coach since Lloyd Carr. I mean, mm, 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 mm. Michigan football is just immensely overrated. Immensely. They've been around for so long. That's why they have the most wins. They haven't won multiple national championships. And they're talked about in the likes of the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Notre Dames. Uh, that's who they are discussed amongst. That is the echelon that we put Michigan football when they are not there. That is not where they belong. They are a tier below. Uh, they might even be third tier when it comes to college football programs. There are so many better opportunities for you elsewhere throughout the country if you want to play football in college. Uh, go, if you want to play basketball, I'd recommend Michigan because they got a great basketball program. They are a basketball school, but football, most overrated program in college football history. And that is the end of episode 37 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, check me out on social media. Feel free to interact with me. And uh, remember, during this pandemic, wash your damn hands. All right, I'm out. Peace.
Peace.